Hello and welcome to the Fireside Chat Podcast by Montana Fire Pits, where we talk about the epitome of elegance, warmth, and the centerpiece of any outdoor design, high-end gas fire features. Welcome to another episode of Fireside Chats, Montana Fire Pits. I am Jonathan. And I'm Jared. And today we're going to talk about planning a backyard improvement project. Mm. All about planning. All about planning. Here we go. Here you go. The topic is. This is what we've got. Planning a backyard improvement project. Now this is very popular this time of year, especially in Montana. Though some places, doesn't matter what season it is, it's renovation season. So today we're going to talk about the planning stages, some helpful ways that you can not miss the important things, make your life easier so that the whole thing flows nicely. Whether you are a design professional or an end user. Yeah. The same rules apply. And the interesting thing is that um, uh, you mentioned off camera that maybe to the design professional community that we may come off as sounding, um, I don't know, less, less informed, to which my response is, well, no, but we're the fire experts. So right. we know the considerations to keep in mind. Um, and outdoor gas fire is still, we've been in business, this is our 10th year in business. Um, and the outdoor gas fire trend is still very much in its infancy and on the rise. Yeah. So I think that since we've been doing it exclusively for 10 years, I would think we have some we have level experience. of authority. Yeah. Experience yeah. counts for something. <laughs> I often <laughs> say uh, you should try to combine three things. Things you've been taught or you've studied or learned. Uh, things that you uh, have experienced from other people. Inspiration. Things you've seen. And then the third thing would be things you've tried. Mm-hmm. Like I've tried this before. Yeah, I'm going to try it again. True. I'm going to mesh all three of these things together because design is creative. It's not like you could say that's uh, – sure, there are bad designs. But yeah. uh, we're going to talk about – a large gamut of styles and vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. how to make it flow with your with your project. So, um, with with that, um, design styles and vibes. Um, so, what what were the three things you said? Things we've done. Things you've done, yeah. Things you've yep. actually tried. Things you've uh, studied. Studied. Or, uh, okay. Good. Yeah. And then the third would be uh, things you've seen. Inspiration. Awesome. Good. Perfect. Um, and after 10 years, I estimate that we have well over 10,000 individual oh, yeah. fires burning. Yeah. Well, uh, across actually, the I United think I know States. that. It's over 11,000. Over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Design tips. Let's, let's start at the top. Yeah. Um, what are some basic considerations that somebody's going to think about? One thing I was I was thinking through this and I thought what is sort of the uppermost umbrella piece that sort of helps you answer the other questions and that is we we keep mentioning vibes because yeah, we yeah. like it we like the vibe, vibe. of vibes uh, <laughs> land on a vibe yeah because the vibe is going to help you decide um, design uh, dimensions location of uh, what you're building um, aesthetics aesthetics forms. Colors, shapes. Yeah. 
So you're taking all of these big picture things and um, you're just kind of getting a starting point for your vibe. Now, whether or not you have a landscape architect, an interior designer, you're having a custom home built, or you're just doing your own backyard, you're going to start with these things. And we we have over 600 partners that we work with, so we get to see a lot of what people are yeah, doing. Yeah, that's true. And I wanted to talk a little bit about trends, because some trends are, well, they're, it's in the name, they're very trendy, <laughs> which means they're going to go out of trend. Yeah. Some things are timeless. Yeah. Um, some things just work like all the time. That's true. And so what are some, I guess, vibes you've been seeing or that we've been seeing that you like? I wanted to start off with one of my favorite. Yes, tell and me. And that is wood and steel. Mm, I like it. In yes. meshed. That vibe is awesome. I love it. Absolutely true. And if you are, I'll just add on to that. If you are combining wood and steel, which is very much on point right now in exterior, it is also um, minimalist Yeah, in those two things, yes. right? I even wrote that down. That super complicated <laughs> patterns and um, too many lines complicate things, right? Yeah. But... Um, wood and steel and minimalist. And I'm envisioning when I look at inspiration boards or trends right now, it's almost like black steel and like this sort of uh, uh, orangey sort of oak uh, contrasty mm -hmm. exterior wood. I don't know why that's on trend right now. Let's let's bring it back to a fire feature, right? Why are we embracing that as fire feature designers? Um, for the last several years, we have, we have designed our own line of very minimalist, um, monolithic, uh, steel fire features, right? To oversimplify, it's a big black rectangle with a giant fire in the middle. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong it's with beautiful. it. It's beautiful. It's timeless. Yeah, timeless. Right. Um... It's very on design trend because you can't really go wrong with something that's just black or right. light black. <laughs> um, we are embracing the wood and steel trend and trying to find a way and doing it, not launched yet, but finding a way to incorporate um, wood into these on an exterior product and an exterior product that makes fire. <laughs> Wood and fire, yeah, wood and but fire. not wood fire. <laughs> but not wood fire, yeah. So what kind of material would you consider as your sort of underlayment, your patio, when you're going to do, like, are there any combinations you should avoid when you're planning? Like, I was just thinking, you probably don't want a stone fire pit on a deck, right? True. That's true. You're either going to have it on a patio made from stamped concrete, from pavers, or you're going to have it on an elevated deck with just good old wood framing and composite decking. Be mindful of the fire feature that you're putting on that surface. Um, that is it going to be, how much is it going to weigh? Uh, what is the exterior finish of that thing going to be? And to your point exactly, if you're putting it on a composite decking, just be aware of what material you're using yeah and right? you you can put gas fires on composite decking people still ask that every day 
all the heat goes up. Yep, absolutely, 100%. Yes. Um, but I wanted to point out that um, one of the innovations we've made is um, putting feet under a what's called a ready-to-finish kit. Mm-hmm. Ready-to-finish kits, you put your own veneer on, um, but having the ability to have feet underneath, which are non-marring, like rubberized feet, would allow you to really put anything you want on a deck because it's protecting your deck from stone, like, scratching it. That's absolutely true. The other thing that the feet do is which is of vital importance is it creates a ventilation gap around the entire perimeter of that unit. If you don't want to see a vent in the side of your fire pit. Right. Feet is the the way to do it. Now, and we're talking particularly right now about fire features that are added to an existing design, right? As opposed to I am building it into the ground from the ground up, right? So that's an important clarification is there's two different kinds, right? We're talking about the ones that are effectively turnkey, made off-site, delivered to the site, and set in place. Tell us about uh, another thing I've seen a lot of is Core 10 steel, raw. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love how it, it also works with anything. It's timeless. It's rustic, so it might not work for every environment, but Correct. Um, it's maintenance-free. Uh, so when you're th- planning, I want to say, what is the maintenance level of what you're what you're going to do? If you want zero maintenance, which I've noticed is a big thing now, like polymer being used for furniture. That's you know, true. It looks yep. like wood, but it's not. It's going to last 20 years with no maintenance. Yep. What kind of uh, maintenance are you looking at with, like, Core 10 and, and steel and wood? Well, so Core 10, none. Right. Effectively. So it's going to patina naturally over time. And this is in the Southwest. It's in Arizona. It's through Phoenix that everything is this beautiful, just patinaed, natural Cortez steel. Um, I think it looks amazing. Um, is there any downsized Cortez? I have not found. Right. In the first five, seven months, you may get some rust that drips yeah but i've learned that over time that will stop oh it's just so just be aware the first few months as it patinas and then it rains you might get some rust that runs down but that's the only that goes away you know the other finish to steel is of course going to be powder coat right which tends to be the default for our clientele yeah uh powder coated steel um, which the benefits are numerous, right? Uh, colors, durability, longevity, uh, any climate, right? So uh, in the fire features, you have people in the deep south and then people like us all the way up in Montana. That powder coating is going to hold coastal environments, I've noticed uh, if somebody wants to go with bold color choices, they're usually in the desert or coastal. Would you agree with that? Yeah. It uh, doesn't mean you can't do it in the mountain modern scene, but I've right. noticed bright colors go well in coastal and, and you know the bright orange of the desert. I, I wish there were more colors in, well, our, uh, in our clientele and design choices, but... If you're if you're choosing a bold color, you're married to it. 
right? Yeah. Well, be bold. Do it. Uh, like I was like creative. You I know, agree. somebody might be like, what is going on with that color? But you're like, yeah, I made a bold choice. I love it. I'm going right. to live with it. Yeah. <laughs> the first trend was uh, minimalist, clean lines, uh, monochromatic, um, uh, simple forms and simple shapes. Yeah. That's kind of overall the the trend in outdoor fire features is not, not to overcomplicate it, right? Right. And. We're convinced that the best centerpiece is a fire, right? 100%. Like, yes. so, so if you're working around the centerpiece, you want to start with, like you said, a simple shape. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the first things you've got to decide is um, how is my furniture and my flow going to work? True. And how is, how is that with the shape? Do you notice a certain shape of fire feature works best with a certain furniture layout or? Yes. So the most popular that we've found are everybody loves round, of course. Round because you can place individual pieces of furniture right. around it. And it's almost like this uh, campfire sort of yeah, organic. Like a cozier. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, or I tend to prefer square and rectangle because I like sectionals. The furniture that we've had at our home is always just a nice rectangular sectional with a 60-inch fire feature in the center. I like that vibe. And then you have a couple of um, freestanding chairs just sort of flanking it. That's my vibe. I wanted to ask you, see if you can get this question right. I'm going to cover up. What's better than a fire feature? A hot tub. Multiple fire features. Oh. <laughs> Multiple fire I wanted to talk about because uh, I started, well, this last summer, uh, so my oldest kid f- turned 15. She wanted to have a party. I'm like, let's have two fire features. And it was actually really cool on a longer patio to have sort of two individual mm. places. And I'm thinking, why don't more people design with more fire features i think that we are speaking of what's kind of trending the design professionals who come to us um, whether it's an architect or a full landscape plan are designing multiple fire features and of those multiple some one may be a focal point i call that a focal point fire and some are strictly decorative yeah. And it's a point of clarification to ask if you're working with a design professional or you are that working with your client, do you want one as a focal point? Do you want one as an accent? Do you want one as purely decorative? Um, and it's it's intriguing to have multiple because man, you have you are. That that's a you have the right answer. What's yeah. better than one fire feature? Multiple. And when you're planning, right? When you're planning, it's good to think about that in advance. Like, how many gas lines? Like, shouldn't I put one here just in case? Um, So just be thinking about that. Like, where could I put another fire? Well, let's think about the order. Okay, so I've noticed a lot of uh, people in a project, uh, either contractors or homeowners, uh, they they tend to think about the gas line before they picked out a fire. I feel like that's wrong. Tell, tell me why. <laughs> uh, in our world, fuel equals flame. Yeah. If not all gas lines are created equal, <laughs> right? That's true. So if you undersize that gas line and you think, ah, I'll just 
How bad can it be? A gas line's a gas line. If you run the gas line first without first determining the BTU output of that burner, then you're setting yourself up for some headaches. You could be uh, disappointed in the end result, like an undersized gas line. Well, maybe you wanted a really large centerpiece, but uh, the gas line's already ran and... um, it's underpowered. Yeah. You're just going to have a slightly smaller flame than you wish you had. Your client says, well, I just want a fire feature here. Okay. So you design that fire feature and you scale it to the space in the environment that you're doing. Okay. Great. You may design a six foot by four foot, a significant fire feature without having any knowledge about the BTUs that make that burner run in the center. The dimensions of the actual burner is only one part of that equation, right? So if you have a six foot by four foot, that's a big fire and you're going to be in excess of 300,000 BTUs. Right. So let's say you're renovating. What's the first thing you go out to the space? What do you think you should do to get those dimensions? Should you start with the furniture, like map it out? When I renovated my own patio, I thought through it myself, right? I started from that fire and worked out. Okay. But some people may start with the space and work in. Um, either way is right. It depends on, I guess, the, the purpose of that fire. Yeah. If, it, it, how, how many people are you trying to warm? Right. Do you entertain a lot? Are there going to be 12 of you or two of you? Right. Who's going to be using it most? How do you want it as a source of heat? Or are you going to sit around and play guitar, right? A couple of years ago, uh, you decided to set the standard for distance of chair to fire pit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we use that I all the time. Standard. Because people ask, like, how far should the seat be from the fire? Did I determine 22 inches? Yeah, you did. <laughs> I remember. And then I'm like, well, let's give a range, 18 to 22. <laughs> you get closer 22. if you want to get warmer, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's interesting to think you worked from the fire feature out. I did. And some people would work the other way. But in any case, um, you want to make sure your dimensions are... Actually, I wanted to bring this up. Standardized? Is there a standard? Can Ooh, you? Ooh, if if there's not, should we develop a, a <laughs> standardized system for fire feature design? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I mean, I was thinking of some that we have here. Uh, are there common burner sizes that people should try to stick with? Like, uh, what if you already built the fire feature, you planned it out, and you didn't plan it around a standard size? Is it too late? So are you talking about BTUs or are you talking about dimensions? Plate sizes. What size opening, burn area, plate size should be a good starting point for a common fire feature? Yeah. 30 inches 30 is inches. that answer. Okay. Yes. Like Whether that. that's square or round. 30 inches seems to be a good, solid starting point. Then you work out from there, and it, and then how big of a ledge are you putting yeah. on that fire feature? Actually, I was if you have a tighter space but you want more heat, think about the ledge as, as shrinking. You want a smaller ledge. Agree. Because then you get bigger flame in a tighter space. 
Agree. If you have plenty of space to work with, but you want something to set your plate on your drink, bigger ledge, right? Yes. And we we like eight inches. We uh, do. Yes. And so let's just call that the standard. <laughs> That's the new eight standard. Eight inches is our favorite. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you go bigger. In, so in fact, a thirty-inch plate yeah. with an eight-inch ledge. 30 plus 16, that puts you at about a 40. And our sweet spot on yeah. most features that we build are about 48 inches. Yeah, it's true. And that's uh, that's a good place to start. Like if we, if we know that's the middle of the road, we can go smaller, we can go bigger. There are no rules, but it's a good that's point. A good so if you start point. with a 48-inch outside dimensions. Now, the question is that everybody asks... How hot is that fire? How big is that fire? How many BTUs do I run the gas line? Now that we've established 30 inches and 48 inches, what's the BTU rating of that fire that's going to keep people happy? They're all hot. The, 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 fire the, hot. Fire hot. That's what you always say. Uh, I, I put it in, I think of it like hot sauces. You're a hot sauce guy. <laughs> What's your favorite hot sauce? I can't put a name to it because I just look at the little thermometer on the oh, side exactly. of the label. So when, when people ask, I say, well, do you want hot, hotter, or hottest? <laughs> True. And so that's what you get to choose from. <laughs> there are three choices. And a lot of people are like, I want the hottest. You know, it's true. A lot of people will say, hotter is fine. <laughs> Rarely does somebody just want, I just want hot. It's very funny that you mentioned <laughs> that. In the early days, when we started with nothing... One one question that I would ask people is, do you want to be able to see it from space? Oh. And while that's a joke, some people would say, yes, yeah. I absolutely do. If I'm if I'm going into this yeah. endeavor, I want to be able to see the fire and feel the fire. Yeah. So that's hottest. Hottest. Practically, what's that BTU? I'm going to say 180,000 BTUs. Yeah. That's the middle of the road. Right down yep. the middle. It's good. It's safe. It's uh, it's gonna heat up a space with seven or eight people around it. Cozy. Yep. You just get bigger from there, and the BTUs get bigger and bigger. Keep in mind, I did not say sixty thousand BTUs. Right. Well, yeah, it's true. Because there is, and there's many, many, many burner manufacturers, many types of gas fire burners, but the ones that we uh, favor favor and i dare i say we're experts in yeah because for 10 years we've represented one burner in particular um shameless plug the crossfire brass burner (laughs) by warming trends um those btu ratings are they are the hottest they're the biggest and they are the brightest and they are the best yeah so that's what we're that's what our frame of reference is 180,000 btus is going to keep I think six to eight people hanging around a fire, that's a great starting point. Yeah. And another funny thing that I would, that I observed in the early days is, well, if 180,000 BTUs is good, then 280 is better. Yeah. Yes, that's a true fact. Yeah. And if 280 is good, then 360 is better. Yes, that's a true fact. So you can see that what we're doing is just everything is just scaled. Bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. And a lot of folks get hung up on the configuration, like the octagonal, the uh, original, but mm-hmm. but they're all made of the same material and the same jets. Yep. So it's really just a configuration to get more heat 
cram more heat into the space. It's true. Uh, it's so you true. can't go wrong. To bring it back to the beginning of this conversation is what are some standards that we're starting with? A 30-inch opening, a 48-inch outside dimension with a 180,000 BTU burner as a starting point. Um furniture that is 18 to 22 inches away yeah. so you can see what we're working from fire out right let's talk about uh when you're planning now this could be a, a brand new renovation or let's say you have an existing deck but you you're going to have a contractor or you are the contractor and yeah. you're installing the gas line yep. where do you stub up because this is very confounding to some people where do i put the gas stub where does the gas come into the fire feature you know all these things what do you suggest so as a general rule on the bottom of the burner the fuel in input is going to be dead center of that burner right so dead center is one answer but if you're stubbing it you got to have and any installer will know this you got to have some real estate in that cavity to take care of your plumbing Especially if you are introducing electronics and ignition, yeah. you have all you have this apparatus that that needs a cavity yeah. in there, um, slightly off center. And speaking of electronic ignition, it's generally about a twelve-inch uh, bit of real estate down there. So I usually tell people vertically and. Uh, in and one of the directions, yep. um, I usually just say so that that would give you six six or so inches off center is kind of the sweet spot Agreed. unless your fire feature is really small. Agree. Uh, so yeah. yeah, go off center six inches or so. Now, since we're talking about that, how high? Yeah. How many inches above finished grade is that gas stub? As low as you can get it, depending on what parts you're using, right? Um, but as low as you can get it because, man, at the end of the day, the, the, the plumbing required, does it does take a bit of space. Yeah, and generally the plate is only 10 inches above the ground. Yeah. If, you, if you're in that sweet spot of 16 to 18 inches high for your fire feature. That's true. That was a standard that we yeah. didn't mention earlier is what is the height yeah. Of that fire feature. All of ours are finished at 16 inches. Why? Because it's the sweet spot when you're sitting down, you can feel the heat. If it gets taller, Kinda then you're forced to stand. Yeah. You're forced to stand. Because if that fire feature is any taller than 16 inches, and keep in mind that the burner sits four inches below that. Right. So our burner actually starts at 12 inches. Yeah. I want to mention something that's not fun. Um, <laughs> no. And even Nothing saying like it makes me anxious. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> you ready? Certifications and permits. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel that? <laughs> oh, that is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... So here in Montana, we so we live in Missoula, right? Okay, but this is everybody knows this, and everybody's trying to do this. Is if I could get 15 miles south, it's like the Wild West, and anything goes. But up here in Missoula, it's like you got to have a permit, uh, yeah. all these inspections, yep. everything. Basically, it varies per county. It does. So if somebody's asking us, if you come to us 
we will automatically default to check your local codes. Yeah. Right? You're in charge of your local codes. You're in charge of verifying. Um, that has to do with sometimes vertical clearance above a gas fire yeah. feature. A local what is that, by the way? 10 feet. 10 feet. But that's not a hard and fast rule. Right, that's that's like, just a recommendation. Right. right? Um, local codes may have something stating if you can put it on an elevated deck or if you even can put it under something like that, um, an overhang. Yeah. Um, ventilation is going to be particular to a code. Ventilation. Um, One interesting uh Example of a state that I feel is very interesting is Massachusetts because you can't use any gas carrying apparatus without it being on their approved list. That's true. And I think there are probably other counties or states like that where you have to really dig in and find the answer. Probably. The answer to all this, thankfully, is uh, another plug for warming trends. They are the geniuses who have engineered these burners to be certified. They are certified yeah. burners, especially with that ignition. There's a list of certified burners. They've proactively said, all right, state of Massachusetts, here's our list of certified burners. Please put them on your list. Yeah. And that's been years in the making, but we're getting we're almost there, right? There, yeah. yeah. Massachusetts, yep. yes. You're speaking of ignition. When somebody's planning, what are some of the questions you should ask yourself or the contractor should ask the uh, homeowner about ignition? How do you decide between matchlit, electronic, yeah. battery-powered? What, what are the deciding factors? Um, this is my opinion. You give yours, <laughs> and I'll give mine. We'll see how it works out. <laughs> um, we'll compare. Match lit is the best and it's the most reliable. For you. For me. You're right. Why? Because there's there's nothing to fail. Right. It's all mechanical. There's right. There's no there's no moving parts. There's no extraneous things that have any potential to fail. Um so in my opinion, it's match lit. You turn on the gas and you light the burner. Right. And you're in control of it. You, it is a manual process, so therefore you have to turn that gas off and make right. sure the gas is off. And but, it's not a e super easy turn. It's it's designed true. so that you can't just walk by it and knock it to full blast and yeah. oops. Yeah. Uh, so it is. it takes some muscle, muscling a little bit. Not much. It, it is important consideration when you say that's, that's your opinion, match lit. But if you have... Um, a short-term rental, a VRBO, an right. Airbnb, if you're a commercial environment, if you're in a hotel, then match lit is just not an option because then you're putting that gas valve in the hand of a complete stranger. So this is what you got to ask. Who's going to light it? <laughs> I true. ask this all the time. Is it just you and your spouse yeah. or is it your grandkids <laughs> or is it your renter or is it your guest That's at a hotel? True. Who's going to light it? Yeah. Who would have thought that would ever be a question <laughs> But it's a fair question. Who's going to light it? Yeah. And once you know that, how is that going to be lit? And then that's the answer of whether electronic ignition is a better solution. Yeah. Now, also, many, many, many people now, and this is trending, is that gas fire features now with electronic ignition are tied into home automation. Yeah. Right? That it is as simple as... 
um, plugging our unit into an outlet and turning it on with a smartphone or any home automation yeah. panel. Yeah, people ask, does it work with Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and all that? It's not natively. Like, it's not. there's not a switch on it or some yeah. Wi-Fi module. Yeah. You just plug it into a Wi-Fi-enabled device, and you've got very sweet, awesome <laughs> automation. You're summoning fire with your voice. It's I mean, that's trippy, <laughs> it's right? It's really cool. Yeah. And and it, even if you're, you're planning and you're trying to get electricity under the fire table, or maybe that's not going to work out, um, there are other options, battery-powered, uh, something new called the Mercury. Something people often say, this is just the vernacular they're using, is mm-hmm. they, they say auto-shutoff. And we don't really use those terms no, very we often. Don't. But I've noticed it is a thing in certain counties in California, Canada, where they just say, I need auto shut off. What does that mean? Oh, what does it mean? I think it means – no, I, I know what it means. <laughs> it means that if the fire goes out, the gas ceases Shuts to – yeah. Stops flowing. Pump out. Yeah, yeah. that's auto shut off. Yep. Um, so both the mercury, which is battery powered, and mm-hmm. the platinum, two ignition electronic, types, yeah. electronic – uh, have auto shut off. So yep. if the flame blows out or if it doesn't light for some reason, it's not going to just keep pumping gas. It's out. true. Very safe. It's true. Anybody can light it. Grandkid, guest, add a dial timer. It's true. So back to the original question is what's what's my favorite? It's completely relative, right? It's relative to the environment and who is lighting it yeah. and how is it going to be lit. Um, that's a very good point of clarification. And when, when planning – you have to take certain other things that I wish you didn't have to worry about, but you do. BTUs, like yeah. you can't go over certain BTUs with the battery powered. I think it's 240,000. Um, yeah. So you might be like, oh, I'm going to build this massive, huge, high BTU fire pit, but I'm going to use a battery powered. Yeah, that's not true. Gonna work. That's true. You're going to have to match light it uh, if you don't have electricity. So those are the things that you want to plan out before you choose it all. It's true. I want to tell a real-time story. As it relates to all this. So we're in a conversation with um, a beautiful home, beautiful custom home being built. Uh, the construction project manager and an architect are all on a call. There's five separate features designed. Um, we look at those plans and we kind of ascertain based on uh, just the schematics and, and some sections. Um, it's very much a construction conversation, very much a construction and design and architecture conversation. Fire is the thing at the end, right? But here's how we walk through that project. Here's fire feature number one. It's this dimension by this dimension, and it's going here, okay? Fire feature number three, completely different environment, configuration, necessities, every single thing is going to be tied into home automation, Mm -hmm. but every single one of those features was a complete and separate and unique fire feature, which puts us in a good position because we're the engineers that get to figure that out, right? We are, in effect, designing with fire. Yeah. But all of that to say... Every single fire feature was um, kind of its own standalone. If I were to go out and just try to find some company that would do that, it would be difficult. I think that's why uh, in your planning process, you can reach out to us and mm-hmm. be like, I have, can I just tell you what I need? Yeah, and yeah. you guys figure it out. And yep. 
if we have the tools to do that, I think it's pretty cool. I think one thing I learned early in my career was um, as a as a design professional, you don't have to have all the answers, but you need to know the person to call right. that has the answers about that thing. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't all have to be experts in everything all at once. We happen to be experts in designing with fire. This is what right. we do. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about as far as just that little bit of uh, planning that you should do beforehand that mm. would really save you time, energy, headache? If there's any one thing, it would be just to uh, – is it going to be a built-in structure built into the environment as it's coming up from the ground or is it going to be a freestanding add-on fire feature that can be set in place. I think those two are two very distinct things as well. I prefer um, uh, set in place after the fact. I don't really like it all to match perfectly. You know, like, oh, here's the stone patio. I want the fire pit to match. I don't – some people like that. Yeah, yep. Uh, I like it to stand out. Like like look at that thing. And, you know, matching the – trim on the house well it's almost like you have if you do your infrastructure and you set your patio the right place it's almost like you still have some flexibility if you haven't picked your furniture package yet then you still may be deciding between round and a 76 inch rectangle right right um so there's a zillion ways to sunday to design something but built from the ground up or set in place after the fact yeah I would like to say uh, if you're in the planning stages and you just don't know what questions to ask, we probably missed some answers today. But you can go to our website and click on Fire Pit Guide. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much takes you from A to Z in about 20 minutes, yeah. Yeah. answering yeah. the questions you will forget to ask. And so you should or check Or the it out. questions you don't even know to right. ask. And I think that happens – more often than not, is that you don't know what you don't know, but um, we strive to be uh, a resource. Yeah. And my personal philosophy in business has always been uh, education first, that if we just seek to educate, um, then when it comes time to finally make a decision, somebody hopefully will choose us. But that's that's kind of what we do is we just if we can just give you the information so yeah. make it easier. Hopefully, yeah. There's life before a Montana fire pit and there's life after. I'm a, a believer in pit. that. When you have a raging gas fire that you can just turn off and turn on, um, there's something to that man, and yeah. and it's so primal, and people just gather. When yeah. you see some big flames. Well, fire's it's, not going to go really away. Cool. No. I keep thinking of it like, what if they outlaw gas and stuff? I'm like, fire's not going to go away. Yeah, and fire. wood is not great. So, <laughs> so yeah. this is what we're sticking with. Fire yep. is here to stay. Fire it is, is here to stay. We love it. Um, uh, we've talked. Uh, we talked about everything. We've covered a lot. Yeah. So um, if you are an end user or a design professional or anybody that just is interested in gas fire features, you know where to find us. Um, it's uh, fun. Yeah. We thank, thank you for listening. Yeah. And, if you, if uh, you made it to the end of this. Right. Then you're probably on a road trip, right? 
Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> uh, but anyway. sitting in traffic? Hopefully not. Well, we're but entertaining so. them. Yeah, uh, hopefully. that's true. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's a wrap. Fireside Chats. I'm Jonathan. I'm Jarrett. Montana Fire Pits. Thank you so much.